Yo, today's QOD is no one's too big for a hug. Here we go. The Day Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We've got Leo Buscalia back on the show today. And today, Leo is going to remind you that your attitude is a choice. Here's Leo. You can select joy over despair. You can select happiness over tears. You can select action over apathy. You can select growth over stagnation. You can select you, and you can select life. And it's time that people tell you you're not at the mercy of forces greater than yourself. You indeed are the greatest force for you. Now, you can't do it for me, but you can do it for you. I was always amazed at the work of Viktor Frankl. Many of you know it. The beautiful thing that he did in Man's Search for Meaning. He said this, the experiences of camp life, he was talking about being in a concentration camp. And if any man should have had trouble living through this, he should have. He was a neurologist. He had grown up in a very wealthy Viennese family. He had everything all of his life. And all of a sudden, he was put in a situation where you think there aren't very many viable alternatives. Listen to what he says. The experiences of camp life show that man does have a choice of action. There are enough examples, often of a heroic nature, which prove that apathy can be overcome and irritability of the worst kind suppressed. We who lived in concentration camps can remember those who walked through the huts to comfort others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offered sufficient proof that everything can be taken from us. But one thing, the last of the greatest of human freedoms, the freedom to choose one's attitude in every, any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way of life. You have that. You know, people say, oh, Buscaglia, you are so naive. You say people can select joy. Try it. The next time you're in a situation where you can find yourself screaming at someone, try smiling. <laughs> it's amazing. Some of you have seen that uh, show where I talk about the man uh, at the airport that was screaming at everybody that he had to get out of that airport, even though there was a blizzard and it was impossible. And I said, why not? There was a little woman there who had become a kindergarten teacher, and she collected up all the children and relieved the mothers to go have something to eat. That's the kind of choice you can make. And I said, why do you make the screaming choice that only reflects on you and gives you bleeding ulcers? instead of making other people happy. And this man said he had never thought about that before, amazingly enough. But he was in, he talked to me about this in Albany and said he was in Chicago, same place where this happened. That's a wonderful place to get stalled in an airport. <laughs> it's bound to happen if you go through Chicago enough times. And, and he, he said that uh, they told him that they would have to uh, 
take him to where he was going by bus. There was no possible way of getting out of the airport that night. And there were two women in wheelchairs. They didn't even know each other. And there was one on one side, one on the other. And he said, I thought of Buscaglia, who said to me at that airport, well, don't just sit there, do something. That was really mama speaking. <laughs> and he said, he walked over to these two women and he said, are you going where I'm going? And they said, yes. And he said, what about your luggage? And they said, well, we can't get out of the wheelchair and there's no attendant to, he said, I'll take care of you. And he went over and got their bags and put them on the bus and helped them on the bus. He said, I never had such a good time in my life. It was a beautiful, joyous experience, a choice. I know that I'm probably, they told me to keep track of time and I've lost track completely. I'm sure this is gonna be the longest show in captivity. But anyway, I'm going to, I have to talk. I have to talk to you one few, or at least a few moments on risk, because risk is so nice. And you will, once you begin to become hooked on risk, your whole life changes. But change and growth takes place only when you're willing to risk and experiment with your own life. You're never sure of anything. Everything's a risk. I remember many years ago, I sold everything that I had, much against everybody's advice. I wanted to go around the world. I wanted to hear a crystal clear temple bell in Nepal. I wanted to sit in a rice paddy in Thailand and talk to people, or at least hug them. And I did. I sold my insurance policy, my house, my car, everything that I owned, and I went. People said, oh my goodness, you gave up your job. You're never going to find another job. You're going to starve when you come home. Yeah, I came home with like 10 cents. But so much more important were the things that I learned. I learned about attitudes like in Bangkok, Ma Pen Lai. Wonderful attitude. I heard people saying Ma Pen Lai, Ma Pen Lai, Ma Pen Lai all over the place. I wondered, what's this Ma Pen Lai stuff? And finally, when I got acquainted with some Thai people, I said, you know, there's a phrase I keep hearing in the marketplace, in the airports, in the museums, on the, on the canals, on the rivers, Ma Lai, Ma, what does it mean? And they sort of smiled and they said, it means it's all right, it doesn't matter. All of a sudden it dawned on me, my goodness, no wonder they're called the land of smiles. If so many people can say it's all right, it doesn't matter. And then I thought about our culture where everything matters. What do you mean it doesn't matter? If you think it doesn't matter, it's because you're frivolous. It doesn't matter. The world will go on without you. Ninety percent of what we worry about doesn't happen anyway. And we worry, and we worry, and we worry, and then we worry about worrying. <laughs> Every time I speak, I risk. I go to people always like this. You know me. I don't say, how do you do? <laughs> Goodness, I'm one of those crazy people that risked hugging the dean. No one hugs a dean. <laughs> 
The dean sits behind a desk that's a mile long and two miles wide, and you sit on the other side and you say, yes, dean, yes, dean, yes, dean. That's what you do with a dean. You don't hug him. Well, I was sitting there one day and he said the nicest things. He was saying all kinds of really nice things. I thought, what a sweetie. <laughs> you know, I bet he'd love to be hugged. And so I just got up and I wanted to say, Dean, that's beautiful. And I charged at him. He's sitting in a swivel chair. He goes, ah! I throw my arms around him and I hug him, much to the horror of my colleagues. My God, he's crazier than we thought. Well, you know, I'm always consistent, and every time I saw the dean, I'd say, hi, dean, and I'd hug him, and I knew he liked it because later on he started cuddling. <laughs> no one's too big for a hug. Everybody wants a hug. Everybody needs a hug. All right, friends, that was Leo Buscalia. His website is buscalia.com. If you want to hear today's talk, as well as a whole bunch of other Buscalia talks, check out the ultimate Leo Buscalia library available at nightingale.com as well as audible.com. Please follow me on Instagram at Sean Croxon. And if you are listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and or review for the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to see you tomorrow. Who we got tomorrow? We've got uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'll see you then. Peace. Peace.